the safety word is giraffe. This is Tweaking Geek number 40, coming to you live from Dog Hell, which is a place full of fireworks. <laughs> I'm your other host, Craig. And, and I'm your real host, Pat. So are you like the ho- the real host isn't like the host to like a parasite? Uh, probably many parasites. I think that's how, that, that's how your intestines work, <laughs> right? Like we have, we have hajillions, which is a real number, I, I swear. I see. Yeah, we're, well, start, we're starting this really being really existential, I guess. That's true. I, I feel that this conversation is an existential threat. <laughs> so we're starting this episode shortly after the July 4th holiday. It was really weird having July 4th in the middle of the week. Well, technically it was not in the middle of the week because it was on a Tuesday. If it was in the middle of the week, it would have been on a Wednesday. Oh, I forgot. You're in a different time zone. <laughs> but... Well, it's in the middle. It's just not in the exact center. So what you're saying? Uh, okay, so it's in the middle. Is in it, it? It was not Sunday at midnight. It, it it's in the center thirty percent of the week. Oh, very good. That's like once I had a friend once who turned like he was like thirty eight, and he's like, "I'm in my mid thirties." I'm like, "No, you are not." <laughs> so this is going to be Tweaking Geek, the episode where we just randomly ramble about things. Even more than usual, and don't have a topic. Cat, giraffe. <laughs> so now, uh, before we get started on our main topic, why don't you give us the most important news of the week? All right, it's the lame news of the week. Okay, so this is actually hot off the press today. Uh, there was a story where Hobby Lobby ended up getting a fine uh, related to some goods they imported, which were imported incorrectly. And it looks like it may have been uh, intentional or inadvertent, uh, smuggled goods from Iraq, which is its own entire story. <laughs> we could do an entire episode about what could be wrong with that, but that's not the what does part Iraq of the news. export? Uh, lots of lots of oil, but uh, okay. So, so the the you know, the realistic concern is: hey, if you're buying antiquities from Iraq, the odds that they were stolen are really, really high. But but that's not the lame part of the news. Um, okay. Are you familiar with uh, civil forfeiture? And this is really important to why this news is funny. Yes. <laughs> so uh, civil forfeiture, right, it's when, uh, uh, for instance, police can confiscate things. It was it, a whole set, suite of laws. Uh, they vary from state to state, but the general idea was uh, back during you know the height of the war on drugs, police needed a way to take faster action against drug dealers. They'd be like, hey, we stopped you. You're suspected of a drug deal. Why? Well, because you have $28,000 in cash. No good explanation for where it came from. Uh, so we're going to take that cash because it clearly looks like a crime. Unless you can prove that it wasn't, you don't get it back. Um, and this is legal because it's not an action being taken against you because you would have rights against seizure. But it's actually a, an action filed against your property. I so, see. So circling back around, the actual court case uh, that everyone's referring to as the Hobby Lobby case, but the actual name of the court case is United States of America against approximately 450 ancient cuneiform tablets and approximately 3,000 ancient clay boule. 
<laughs> I see. Okay. So that's the late news of the week is that this this you know relative footnote of a case has an awesome name. <laughs> a very long name too. <laughs> I, I like how it's approximately 450 tablets. Like they they didn't bother to count before filing the case. So here's the real question: Isn't Hobby Lobby like a like a store where you buy like I don't know like craft things? Uh, it is. Uh, this their claim is that this does relate to their mission uh, in that they were preserving a whole bunch of Bible related antiquities. Oh, okay. I heard that Hobby Lobby started a Bible museum. I'm not sure I actually heard that, but I thought I heard that. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but that would, that would be in line with their with their mission. Part part of their corporate mission is you know the advancement of Christian study and Christian values. I see. What if they were studying for the advancement of ragdolls? Would they be the Holly Hobby Lobby? Oh boy. Okay. Can, can we, we just move on to a real, real story? <laughs> I don't know. I like this story. <laughs> okay, so what's our today? Re- we are going to. Well, I was thinking today we could talk about approximately four hundred cuneiform tablets. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I thought a good topic today would be abstraction. You know, you and I both do software type of things in our lives, and uh, one of the the topics that we or one of the techniques that we use is abstraction, which is basically. Rather than, uh, you know, if you have to tackle a problem, you can treat the different parts of the problem simply, you know, rather you might have something very complex, but if you really only care about like one thing that it does, you can kind of ignore the rest. So it's sort of like simplifying something complex. Okay. So that sounds good on the surface. Uh, so a little bit more like why, why would we do something like this? Like what's, What's good about it? What What are some of the trade-offs we're taking by using abstraction? Well, so, you know, it actually sort of something you just said sort of struck me because you're like, it sounds good on the surface. So we're going to abstract that, that, that explanation I just said to it's good. And that's all you care about. So I can just blab on all day long and all you have to know is it's good. Now, it's good because, um, for for instance, like we deal with a lot of, very complex things, and we deal with a lot of complex problems that are, in a different way, very abstract. You know, they're not something that, you know, it's not like, you know, you're piling a bunch of rocks up into a, you know, a pile. What it is, you're, you know, you're doing things that take place in sort of a space outside of, you know, the physical world. And they interact in a lot of complex ways that are hard to understand. So you can just sort of cut things up into little pieces and, you know, and, uh, treat them all separately and it makes it you know makes it much simpler and you can also take your pieces of your uh, software and you can turn it into see so i have to say when i was thinking about this topic one of the things that came to me is like i have a hard time like even articulating abstraction because it's so abstract <laughs> but you know so so i'm trying to think how, how do i even explain this well but so I'm, like maybe an ex- oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm going to pull an example out of out of the show notes, and you wrote this example, so I'm going to totally take credit for it now, which is okay. which is the best part. But no, so you have an example here, which is uh, Shadow is a kitty and she eats. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a great example, right? So let's let's start with this. And actually, I, I think maybe you haven't abstracted this enough, but we'll, we'll start with this. So we're saying 
there is something named Shadow, which I assume is one of your cats. Yep. Uh, and so, <laughs> right, so Shadow is a kitty. So a kitty is a type of thing. And now you've abstracted this, right? We've said uh, there's a type of thing called a kitty. And the kitty has properties like fur and color uh, and a tail. And then it has uh, methods or events or actions that it can do, like eating or purring or scratching. Yep. And now we we kind of have a way of saying, I have a, a method of describing and interacting with a kitty. And it works for all kitties. Yes. Which is... Except, except for mean kitties. <laughs> right. So then there, there's, there's two directions you can take the abstraction here. Right. One is you can make it more specific. So we could say, I have a mean kitty, which does all the things a kitty does, but maybe there are some unique ways it handles different events. Like maybe a kitty purrs when you pet it, but a mean kitty kills when you pet it. <laughs> right. And, but, but a beautiful thing about this is now we can have, uh, you know, when, so if you are, go to like a cat show, you've abstracted. So a cat has organs. A cat has like, can have diseases. A cat can have a personality, but we've basically in abstraction, we've sort of gotten rid of all that stuff and all the, uh, abs- you know, what we've, kind of simplified it down to it's a catty or a kitty is something that purrs and eats so then part of my also what i you my other uh i have some other examples there so all right so we've said shadow's a kitty and she eats and we've also said you know her favorite food is tuna so let's pretend that you know really what we care about is you know a pet that eats and likes certain things so you know currently shadow is a kitty so we're like oh now i have to go find another cat no so now we have uh amoebas you know an amoeba is like a little it's not an animal it's like a protozoan and but it it eats and uh and it has favorite food too and i've said it's brain brain is basically they're because they can like cause brain whatever but so now we can have so if we say a pet is something that eats and likes something we can we've taken something two very dissimilar things like an amoeba or a kitty and we've abstracted out so we can deal with them in exactly the same way and we don't really care about like all the the details about what they actually are so now we can say all right you know i have something that eats and likes things right and now if in three weeks I get a pet space alien and my pet space alien's favorite food is, you know, quantum cookies, then, uh, which that, that sounds awesome, by the way, but uh, <laughs> we, we already know how to handle it. It both, it both say, does and does not sound awesome <laughs> simultaneously. Because we, we, we say a pet is a thing that, that eats and has a favorite food. And so I've already kind of prepared a way of handling that. Yeah, exactly. So now you so now you've basically said pets aren't like a certain species. A pet is just something that does these two things, which you know. And for us, it's you know it it simplifies it. And I was thinking of another example in real life that you know. So another reason we use abstraction is to set you know to simplify things and separate your system into different layers so that you can, uh, you know, you can work on one layer without affecting how the other layers uh, are, 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 you know, operating. So, you know, you might think of like in a car, you know, the engine 
is one layer and the gas pedal is another layer. And really you don't have to, you know, when you press on the gas pedal to move, you don't have to like think about, oh, how do I, you know, how far open should I open the throttle to get the right fuel mixture or whatever. You just, you know that the way you interact with the engine is by pressing on the pedal. And so you've abstracted an engine into basically just like the press of a pedal. So I guess that was another example. But I was thinking our government because, you know, like governments generally are like our big bureaucracies. And if you think about it, what's – and and it's a sort of an interesting way of looking at abstraction because if you think about it, uh, a government has like multiple departments and bureaus and whatever. And rather than – you know, so if you need to get like supplies, you don't have to actually – you know, you say, oh, I, you know, one department needs supplies from a different department, but they don't go and like, you know, look things up in a catalog. They basically fill out paperwork and that paperwork is the way that they interact with these other departments and the paperwork causes something to happen. And they don't have, and you know, the person from department one doesn't need to know how it happens. They just need to know what they need to do in, uh, to make that other layer do something for them. So, you know, it, it's sometimes it's, you know, maybe too abstracted, but uh, that gives us a way of thinking about abstraction also. Okay, and then maybe to get a little more uh, into software, and so the kinds of ways this gets used, you know, every day by people making software is uh, uh, user interfaces are a great place to talk about this, right? So if I have a screen full of stuff, um, you probably start with something, uh, some sort of saying, I have a UI widget. What does a UI widget do? Um, it listens to be you know, tapped or clicked on, and it renders itself. And that might be all a UI widget actually knows how to do. Whereas then I might say, okay, now I have a button. Well, what's a button? A button's a type of UI widget that knows to listen to be tapped or clicked on. Um, and knows that it has a state, like it might be normal, or it might be someone's holding it down, or it might be uh, someone's let it go. Uh, and then it, you know, you kind of build layers of complicated behavior, and you know that that can be a good thing. Because let's say I change out the graphic system of my operating system, I don't have to rewrite everything about a button. I just have to change that one layer that said, "But I know how to render myself to a screen." Exactly. Yeah, because I used to. I remember when I was in college before computers were like as kind of simple as they are now. Back, back when computers or, were like six rocks that you had to bang together. Basically, yeah. And I remember, you know, people are like, and I didn't understand abstraction. You know, I was, uh, you know, just in the software sense. And I remember people were writing programs for windows and i uh, i'm like oh so you have to like basically render every single pixel on the screen you know oh we have a title bar all right so you have to render a blue rectangle and you know a blue rectangle is all these points and i'm like oh my gosh you know how does anything ever happen until i learned later on oh you just say render window and you just tell it to do something i think about when sometimes in software i think about it um in with uh if if you you know the way i kind of deal with some of the junior programmers that i work with you know who have a hard time dealing with this is you can decompose the problem and you know rather than try to solve the whole thing at once i say all right you've got this component you know here's how you build it ask it a question and expect an answer 
and that's all you have to do. Don't try to like figure out how it, how it answers the question. Just know that it does, and then you can go write the part that answers the question later. And you know, and that's the thing. And it's very hard to uh, kind of get in the practice of that because you know implementation details are really what it's all about. But sometimes you have to like ig- purposefully ignore them and say, I know this is something that's going to tell me true or false. I don't know how it's going to do it, but I know it is. Yeah. And that's, you know, you've kind of tiptoed around what makes that one of the holy grails that software developers seek after, which is if I don't have to care about what's inside a piece of code, uh, that makes it easier to reuse the code someplace else later. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, programmers are all lazy, and we'd all love to do nothing but copy and paste code we've already written that works perfectly a million times, and that'd be great. Exactly. You know, there was something that, that uh, you know, we, we are lazy, but uh, and I was thinking about a, an XKCD I saw once. I think we always talk about XKCD, but about where um, someone says – there's two people are sitting at, uh, uh, like, a table, and one person says, please pass the ketchup. And then the next panel has a person sitting there, then another panel of them just sitting there, and she's like – um, hello, and the person's like, "Hold on, I'm trying to 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 uh, d- derive a, or to create a generic way to pass any condiment." <laughs> and that's kind <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> and that's sort of, and that makes us think about like when shouldn't use abstraction because sometimes you you might be abstracting something that may not need to be. Yeah, so this is, uh, I think, this is one of those problems that a lot of people run into, especially like mid career, where you've you you know all the theory and you've you've done a couple of projects and you're starting to really get a hang for it and then everyone kind of gets this this phase where now I'm going to do everything correctly because I've never been able to before and you know you you'll you'll consult the software engineer manuals and they'll say oh you should always build with abstraction in mind so you abstract everything and say I'll never have to rewrite this code again uh, and I've I have lost count of how how many person months I have spent working through needlessly complicated code where they abstracted something beautifully and perfectly so they'd never have to re-implement it, and then they never had to re-implement it anyway because it was fine the way it was the first time. Yeah, it, it, sometimes you know when you have what you might call you know, single use or throwaway code, which is not something, you know, if you're building a system, abstraction is really good. If you're building a thing to do one thing, you know, a program to do one task that is only ever going to do and does not need to be extensible, sometimes abstraction uh, or too much abstraction can, can uh, cause, you know, take extra work and that sort of thing. And, you know, an unnecessary amount of work. Yeah. And I mean, I have, a, I have a great example that I did just this week. I was I was loading the content from a bunch of tweets uh, so that I could analyze it. Uh, and I, you know, in the course of doing this, I wrote a little script to to get that work done. So there are times when I did choose to abstract something. So, for instance, I wrote a function that said load up to a hundred tweets if I give you a list of tweet IDs, because uh, that's you know that's a very useful function. Sure. Uh, but then there are things I didn't abstract away. Like I knew that I had two data sets to, of tweet IDs to load. And uh, so while I abstracted like how would I load a data set, 
I didn't abstract, how would I tell the program which data sets to load? I was like, I, I have two. I can just put the two names in my program and it'll be fine. This, this isn't a program that needs to be reused. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, figuring out when to make those decisions, I think a lot of that comes from time and experience. Uh, but I could totally see a beginning programmer being like, oh, no, I need to take that. I need to abstract that so you can pass a list of file names to it on the command line, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad approach, but it certainly would have been more complicated, right? I would have wasted another, you know, 20 minutes probably making that feature work correctly. Uh, and in or, the end, it wasn't necessary for loading two files. Yeah, or, you know, I want to make it so it works with any social network or or any number of things and you know you know sometimes it's just not uh needed yeah you know one of the things i think you know when we we talk about the you know while thinking about and planning for abstraction i keep thinking about like oh here's an example of abstraction it's like no that's really encapsulation no that's really inheritance but the the key is it's when you're thinking about design patterns abstraction is sort of like an abstraction is like an abstraction of a design pattern. <laughs> it it kind of is. It's like sort of like at a higher level. It's just a lot of our design patterns are formed as just sort of an implementation of abstraction. Yeah, I mean, and now my head explodes. Uh, if you want to take that all the way, writing any computer program is some degree of abstracting a problem and saying, I, I understand there's a thing I want to do, but now I have to make a set of instructions for doing that thing. Well, yeah, I mean, typically anything except for the direct manipulation of quarks uh, and electrons and that sort of thing is a layer of abstraction. Because if you think about it, abstractions, you know, or, or uh, atoms are just an abstraction of strong and electromagnetic nuclear force or, you know, that sort of thing. So, there, you know, every, you know, everything is, you know, universe is built on abstraction because otherwise, you know, you'd spend all your time managing the individual parts and not the whole and i think another thing to keep in mind with abstraction and where it can go wrong too is uh abstraction is probably one of the harder parts of of at least in software of software engineering but i, I imagine it would apply to any field where you use you know an abstraction approach to break down a problem and one of the ways it can turn around and bite you is if your if your abstraction or modeling of the problem is just incorrect either because there's something you didn't know or you made a mistake doing it um, and that can come back to haunt you for, for a very long time. Uh, so yeah, one, it does. One example of that I can think of uh, that, that definitely had real-world implications was uh, Windows versioning. Um, a lot of software uh, built out libraries of functions that try to ask the operating system, hey, what version of Windows am I running? Uh, oh, yes. That can be really important, right? Sometimes, sometimes you need to uh, change how you're interacting with the operating system to do things uh, based on what version, right? They might have a cool function, but it wasn't available until Windows 7 or something like that. Um, and a lot of people kind of joked around when Microsoft went from Windows 8 to Windows 10. Like, well, what happened to 9? And it, this was kind of a, an abstraction failure where a lot of these version checks asked the operating system, hey, what do you call yourself? And if it started with Windows 9, they assumed that you were running Windows 95 or 98. 
<laughs> Interesting. And it was that error was so widespread that it was it was in the end easier for Microsoft to say, let's come up with a new name for it that doesn't break that naming convention. Is that really why they did it? Uh, I'm speculating a bit, but if you if you like search job, that's there's a lot of Java samples that do exactly that. So I think it was it was just so widespread at that point that uh, it would have been very dangerous to call the next OS Windows Nine. That and that's also an example of bad software because if you know that's <laughs> that's probably not a good way to determine the window <clears throat> the you know the Windows uh, version. So do you want to know what the hardest part about uh, software engineering, or I should say, the hardest part of compu- about computers is that they do exactly what you say. No, the oh. silicon substrate on the chip. Oh, okay. Wow, that was <laughs> see very that, that, was, that, I, that was not abstract. That was very specific. <laughs> yeah, my, so, my problem is always that when you give a computer a program and tell it to run it, it does exactly what the program says, and and not necessarily what you meant the program to say. That's not necessarily always true. It depends on what level language you write. SQL, you tell it what you want, and it tells and it does it how it feels like. Because and so, I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure we've put the audience to sleep now. I, I basically put myself to sleep too. All right. So before we end today, to this in a car and driving, because that would be dangerous to your fellow drivers. Anybody driving in a car right now is just marveling at the abstraction of the internal combustion engine they're <laughs> operating so all right what is your all right so v- before we go what is your favorite abstraction um wow i wasn't prepared for that question uh i don't know i'm gonna have to pass what's yours my favorite abstraction is i don't know either the, the it's not really a very good question so my, my so i i would say craig as the as someone who inter interact with by getting stupid questions from him. <laughs> so what is Craig Bossy? He is someone who has who asks stupid questions. It's it sounds like a good one though. I think I'm gonna crack that out at like a job interview sometime just to just to see what I get for an answer. What's your favorite abstraction? That's that's gonna be great. That's gonna go over really well. <laughs> Very good. So that's all I have to talk about abstraction. It's too abstract. Do you know what? All right, so knock, knock. Who's there? Surrealist art artist. Surrealist artist who? A fish. <laughs> okay, I'm, all our listeners now are much smarter and stronger and better human beings for having survived this episode. <laughs> Unless knock, they're knock. not human beings. No, we're done. You're, you're <laughs> no, knock, knock. No, this is the best one ever. No, wait. I, this is possibly the best joke you've ever heard. Okay, who's there? Abstract artist. Abstract artist who? Splash of red and green line. See, that was abstract. Okay. So, if somehow, after all of this, you still like this podcast... You should subscribe to us in iTunes or in your podcast listener of choice. Uh, and you should uh, review us in iTunes or your podcast listening application of choice. Very good. Okay. Pod, well. pod, pod Smasher or what? I don't even know what they have nowadays. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> Apple Play. I, I'm terrified to Google any of these names because <laughs> it's probably a thing and it's probably a thing I don't want to see. <laughs> Google is an abstraction for a way to type okay. in a, a nice word and get porn in return. <laughs> and 
on that note, I think we'll, we'll talk to everyone next time. Thank you for joining us. Giraffe.